I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 473 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you guys today. Dwayne Lee Chapman, better known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, joins me on the podcast. He is well known for that long-running TV series, Dog the Bounty Hunter, on A&E. He also did a spinoff series with his late wife, Beth, titled Dog and Beth on the Hunt. Dog has been chasing down fugitives for decades. He's captured over 8,000 of them. His life has certainly been one filled with action, adventure, celebration, tragedy, victory, and hard times. He is someone who could say, I've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt, and he's still going strong. He just recently began a new initiative called Get the Let Out as he tries to find a way to help heal the unnecessary divide between the police and citizens. Uh, We're going to talk about that and so much more. Dog the Bounty Hunter will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dwayne Lee Chapman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between Dog the Bounty Hunter and myself, please hit me with a subscribe on YouTube, First Class Fatherhood. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Okay, and as I mentioned there, Dog has this new initiative to try to help the situation with the policing in America. Another dad that I had on the podcast here recently was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu master Henzo Gracie. He's got a new initiative of his own out there called Lead Tactics, in which he's hoping to bring Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a mandatory skill set for all of law enforcement officers to learn. He has done so in other countries. I applaud him on his efforts, as I do Dog the Bounty Hunter here. Uh, whether you agree with these guys or not, at least they are trying to bring solutions to this situation rather than just get on social media and start pointing those digital fingers. All right, so you can find that interview with Henzo Gracie available in the archives of the podcast. And be sure you guys lock it in for Wednesday's episode here. I'm going to have Jesse Barrett joining me on the podcast. His wife, Amy Coney Barrett, recently became a Supreme Court justice, just the fifth woman in the history of the United States to do so. Don't miss out on that episode. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the other upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, hit me with that rating and review. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dwayne Chapman, Dog the Bounty Hunter. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. The Devil's Hand by Jack Carr is now available wherever books are sold. The Devil's Hand, which is the fourth thriller in the Terminalist series, follows former Navy SEAL James Reese as he is entrusted with a top-secret CIA mission of retribution 20 years in the making. Publishers Weekly says Carr delivers engrossing backstory, incorporates current events seamlessly, and never flinches from breathless depictions of violence. Booklist states... Carr continues to draw from his own experiences as a SEAL to give the story a level of realism that writers who've not actually served sometimes have a hard time achieving. The Real Book Spy says The Terminalist is widely regarded as one of the best debut thrillers of all time, and rightfully so, but The Devil's Hand is even better and should go down as one of the best books in the genre, period. New York Times bestselling author Brad Thor says, So powerful, so pulse-pounding, so well-written. Let's go, dads. Grab your copy today wherever books are sold. The Devil's Hand by Jack Carr, available now. And don't miss my interview with Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author Jack Carr right here on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Dog the Bounty Hunter, Dwayne Chapman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. 
Oh, thank you, sir. Nice of you for having me to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Well, let's start it right here. Uh, how many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, 12 children, 11 still alive from 50s to my youngest is 20. It'll be 21 in January. Yeah, amazing dog. And, and if you could, just for the one or two people who may not know, if you could just take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. I have been a bounty hunter for 42 years. I have arrested successfully over 8,000 fugitives in that 42-year period. And I am a father of, like I said, 11. It was 12. One passed away. And uh, I work every day. I also do have a production company where we produce a few TV shows. And I was lucky enough years ago to get a TV show called Dog the Bounty Hunter, which I include most of my children. And they follow us around America and sometimes other countries to arrest uh, felonious individuals that have flown or that flee justice. Yeah, you, you've had an incredibly successful career. I really honor the work that you do. And, and so take me back to the beginning here, dog. About how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I became a father at 15 years old. And of course, again, at 16, I, uh, my father physically abused me as far as spankings, very bad. So I always wanted to have a child that I could uh, tell myself I could love on and not beat. Uh, the first time I had a child, they, we brought him home from the hospital and I was so astounded that I was in charge of this human being that I called the sheriff's department to register him because I had no idea you didn't have to, and the sheriff was, uh, roof Jordan in Texas. And he goes, okay, I'll come out there and you can register him. And of course he thought I was a nut and he better go out there to see. And he came out there and faked it. And he's like, all right, let me write it. What's his name? Yeah, he registered. The, what's his name? Let's see the bed, the crib. You know, and I thought, okay, he's registered. Like it was a, like he's a dog that had registered the, after I got his shots. So, but my whole life changed. I, I loved and still do love being a dad or being called dad. And then there's a second step no one tells us about. After dadhood, you become grandpa. And that's the best. The grandpa's better than the dad, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I hear about that. I'm in no hurry to get there myself, but I'll take your word for it on that. Now, you have a, a, a lot of kids. You've been through a lot of different relationships. What is the relationship like with all of your kids? And, and, uh, what, and what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? I'm terrible disciplinarian. <laughs> that's up to the motto, okay? Because I think that's scripturally who needs to discipline. Because we're too tough. We're men. You know, mom, spank him, whoop him, put him in the corner. Daddy will love on him. Oh, it's okay. Mom's crazy, too, with us. Uh, what was the first part of your question? I like that. What, what is the relationship like between all of your kids? Well, it's rocky. Okay, the older they get, the better they get. The more they learn, dad, boy, dad sure learned a lot. But I felt bad because I have a lot. And once in a while, we get in a beef, right? And there's relationships, and they get in arguments back and forth. So I went to church two, two, three weeks ago to this particular pastor, and he said, dog, throughout the Bible, parents have got along with their children. 
and brothers have got along with brothers and sisters with sisters. And he go let he goes, let's just start with Cain and Abel. And boy, he named David in the coats where they threw him in the pit. Oh my gosh, almost every brother or father and son in the Bible has beefed or daughter. So it is a normal thing. Now there are some families, God bless their souls, that are just the brightest little families and they never argue and those kids mind everything they say. I don't know how they did it. I've studied, there's there's no combination to that. But I think a normal family has their beefs and has their disagreements and, you know, once every few, once or two, three, four, five times a year, get together on holidays, keep their mouth shut and get along. But when it comes down to hurting one of the family members or when one of the members pass away, that family starts to get tight and all comes back as a family unit. So you never know. I, every day the kids are all getting along. I just take it as a good day. And because tomorrow they're not going to be. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, dog. Yeah, and it's kind of reminds me like almost of like our country. Like when we had 9-11, uh, 9-12 brought us all together. We were all united. Everybody had a flag on their car and it brought us together as, as one unit. And I think that's like you're right about the family. Like when COVID started to happen and families were kind of forced to be back together, they kind of like said, you know, they got along. It was a blessing, a, a silver lining for a lot of families that got a chance to reconnect and spend more time together uh, that they haven't had a chance to do in the past. So um, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. What would you say, uh, dog, were, were some of the top values that you had hoped to instill in your kids growing up? And how was that played out as they got to become adults? Well, uh, work ethics. OK, they all work still. Cut one's in jail, but the rest he work, probably works in jail, you know, makes big rocks, little rocks in jail. Uh I think the number one is work ethics because that then they don't have to use other means to eat. Okay. And I always try to teach my boys to respect the woman. God made her from the rib, not from under the heel that she is a weaker of the sex. And that you, and then as they get older, I tell the boys, whatever she says, do it. Whatever your girl, your wife, whatever says, just do it. Unless it's a felony or it'll kill you. And you no, and I mean that. I'm always counseling my from 40 on up sons, you know, dad, just do it. What's it gonna hurt you? Do it, give her a kiss, boom, it's over. Dad, I did it. We're back okay. So, uh, you know, each each, uh, 10 years or five years, there's other rules or other things you've got to tell them as they grow up. You know, one size doesn't fit all when they're 15. Here's life. You know, it's always changing and always going. And I always listen. Okay, I sit down and my mama used to say, okay, son, I'm listening. Now you go ahead. And I think it's very important for a father and a mother to say, okay, let's hear what, without cussing and swearing and mother this and that, let's hear what you got to say and let me listen to it. And you're negotiating with half your brain and you're arguing with yourself in the mirror. So that don't work, but you can negotiate because half of that brain here is in that child. So if you can spur out the part of you that you're talking to, make it listen, it, the little beast you made, if you can make it, the kid listen, then you're going to win because then, 
And if, of course, it's the other one, the wife's side, you can recognize that also. So uh, I used to be a, a guest speaker at Tony Robbins for like 15 years. And I used to watch body language, right? So I use that, like I'll make my kid tell me a lie. For instance, Leland, he goes, Dad, I swear to God I didn't steal that. Or I, I didn't put that over there. And I saw Leland do that. Dad, I swore to God. So I know when Leland swears to God, he's lying. So, <laughs> you know, each child, I sat him down, made him lie, where I could watch their body language to see what they did. So it's constantly father trickery. As I've heard you say something different than trickery, but you're, you're, you're running the game on them all the time. If you don't, they get ahead of you. Yeah, good stuff. Listen, I'm still learning the game. I saw I got four kids. My oldest is just about to be 15 years old here. So I'm just about to hate all them, you know, peer pressure times, girlfriend times, driving, you know, so I'm fixing myself up for a little bit of uh, trying to callous my mind for what's to come for me here. You've been down that road already. So this is what helps me get some advice from guys like you. I wanted to ask you here, dog. Obviously, the relationship right now between policing in our in our country and the community has been pretty rough here. I know you recently posted about uh, a project called Get the let out. Uh, I recently had um, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu master Henzo Gracie. He's working yeah. on what's called lead tactics and trying to re-perform and introduce Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which he's done in other countries. Um, h- how much of this is the responsibility here on the police side? And what do the citizens need to do to make this entire thing work, in your opinion here? Yes. Well, one of the, you know, there's really two things I'm focusing on right now. That is to get the lead out of the bullet and use some other form of, uh, you know, something that'll stop them dead, boom, in their tracks, but not dead, which I've used for years. And standard police officer training, and one of the training courses in the training would be self-defense, because uh, you're going in there with a gun and the badge, you need more than that. You need to be able to physically defend yourself, man or woman. And a lot of tough woman cops that you know what they went to do? judo karate jiu-jitsu way before they just didn't walk up there and go i like to be a police lady no they're trained these women look at them all they're in shape look at them look at the men <laughs> duh no bro why they, they need physical training you get too old to fight the masters of of our boxing or whatever we are you get so old you fire the retired you retire the fighting side. So in the police officer's training course, I'm absolutely going to suggest with a lot of, uh, it's, you know, guys way above my pay grade that uh, are going to help me put together the course that that's got to be part is the physical training. And I agree with that a hundred percent. You don't know how many times I've taken guys down skin on skin. You know, you just, Oh, you're going to earn your $500 tonight, dog. Well, let's rock, buddy. And thank God I've won. Or I have one of my kids there to jump in with me to win. So we, you don't got to kill them. The lead, we need to replace it with something that works as good, but does not kill. Yeah, yeah. Very well said, uh, dog. And then uh, j- just wanted to pull... Just wanted to pull it back into you as a dad here now uh, for a second. I know you mentioned it just briefly there, but just like I said, my youngest is my only girl. She's six years old, and I'm already dreading that time where she gets old enough to hit that dating scene. So what kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids got old enough to finally start dating that and hitting that dating scene?
All right, dads, if you're looking for a great night's sleep, you have got to get a MyPillow. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. There's a reason why my pillows are flying off the shelf, and that's because it is a first-class product that's made right here in the United States of America. And the comfort doesn't stop with just the MyPillow. Check out MyPillow.com and you'll see a whole wide variety of comfortable products such as towel sets, Giza Dream Sheets, mattress toppers, MyPillow bathrobes, pajama sets, and so much more. You guys have heard my interview with First Class Father and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell right here on the podcast. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save up to 66% off their orders. That's right, up to 66% off on MyPillow.com by using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Or simply call 1-800-875-0219 and your savings will be instantly applied. Don't go another night without a MyPillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD or call 1-800-875-0219 and save up to 66% off your order on MyPillow. What kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids got old enough to finally start dating that and hitting that dating scene? Well, all I've a few daughters, okay, and uh, I said, "You, of course, I'm dog. You don't date till you're 18. I'm running this record. I'm checking to see who he is. I don't care what trap he's worth with, because the world has changed now today. So, but I do care on the age you go out and da 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 da. Then the mudas, all of them. Oh, it's okay. It's 16 and a half. You know." I dated uh, your dad's friend when I was 16. They ruin it. All of them. You know, you're like, you're not. So 16 to 18, the mom's going to come in and sneak a day or let her make the phone call. Or it's okay if she uses lipstick as long as it's not bright red. So after they're 15, the father stay out of it. You know, you know, say 17, 18, you're not dating till then, but you're going to lose. Absolutely. And then you have to think what I think about when I deal with my daughters. Wait a minute. I was not a girl, but I was this age. If my daddy came to me at 16 and said, you ain't dating. Okay, dad. And I would have. So, you know, when they when they start uh, blooming girls and guys, 50 girls, allegedly two years younger than the boys and some I've seen do that. But when they start blooming and they start maturing, then you just got to, you know, watch out and put the mom on them. Yeah. You know, if you're a single dad, put your put, put your brother, the uncle on them, you know, because you're going to lose. But, uh... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in no hurry to get to that stage as well, but I know it's coming for me. So I got three older. She's got three older brothers. So I'm hoping that they'll be able to. uh uh, help me in that capacity when the time comes. So I, wa- I wanted to ask you about your your faith, dog, real quick here too, because uh, I'm a faith based person okay. myself. Um, one of the most important parts of the day for me is my family. We all sit down at the dinner table every night. We pray before dinner. Um, how important is your faith uh, to you, and how did it kind of help you guide through uh, the recent passing of your wife? Well, my faith, I believe, is everything. You know, I. Uh... Thank you for saying that. It's been almost two years since Beth's been in heaven. And thank God I prayed for, the Bible says, I do not wish a man or a woman to be alone. So I used that scripture and said, what'd you give? How'd you give Adam his old life? What'd you do? Listen, you know, I got to go to Christian.com. What the heck? I need, oh, and then I saw that scripture and started praying. And I got, I got uh, my girl right now, Francie. But I think faith is everything, especially as as you get older. 
because finally one day I just realized, uh oh, I'm going to die. I guess I really am. So you can either go with faith and hope and believe in faith that God's there or not. And then if you're wrong, you're screwed. <laughs> you really got a problem. No, it, and I, I like living a better life and try to be a Christian life. And, you know, I wake up earlier, better earlier in the morning. My diet is better. I just feel better about myself. I really do, right? Rather than being, you know, kind of a, a, a mean prick and not, you know, I go to the Bible when it's like, what should I do with the kids? What did uh, David do? What did so-and-so do? So I think faith, as you, as I get older, particularly me, is uh, really, really the first, one of the first things, the first thing in my life. And now I'm old enough to have seen absolute, unbelievable, non-doubting miracles, which we call in our 30s and 40s circumstances or good luck. And then as you get older and older and you see, wait a minute, that, that couldn't have been a circumstance. That had nothing to do with luck. I prayed for that and God answered my prayer. And so I think that you get to see more and more things that are supernatural come to fact as you get older. So it's kind of like takes over you, you know, or you go completely evil like these guys walking in stores and just opening up with guns on people. Boom, 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 boom. You know, they had a chance to be like that and they just went the other way. And that's what happens. You go nuts. Yeah, it's amazing to see the one extreme to the other. So uh, but I'm like you. Faith is a big part of my life, too. So um, hey, listen, I want to ask you, obviously, you've had a lot of success in your career. Sure. What do you got coming up next here, dog? I know we've seen something about the dogs unleashed. Is that still coming out? Uh, what kind of projects or goals you have for the future here? Well, we had a good idea about the dog unleashed, but it didn't work out with the with the place we was working with. So we're still we're we're evaluating right now. But I think people want to see more than just straight up bounty hunting. Francie and I have been going around the country uh, in churches speaking and uh, not that you're going to see people draw up with crutches and throw them away. I mean, I wish that would happen. It might, <laughs> but we're not going to have, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? But we're going to, we're talking about tents, putting them up. Here's what the guy told me the other day. One of the smartest men I know, very high IQ. He said, dog, most ideas have come around the uh, water bottle, okay, or what's it called? The uh, drinking fountain, right? Water cooler, People right? Gathered around. Yeah, most ideas and, and have got gathered around the water cooler. He said, "Dog, you've got some great ideas. They've taken the water cooler away, and we're being held incommunicado." He and I had already planned this. He goes, "Dog, you know what you need to do? You need to get the motorhome, some tents." and get out there nationwide and get to talking to people. And that's right now, it looks like where we're headed, okay? You know, the, the networks are almost gone. As you see, we're doing this right now. It's like a TV show, right? Uh, uh, cables, almost every uh, uh, place we go to rent, Airbnb doesn't have cable anymore. So what's the next step is in person. Well, we get over this mass deal, we get over this COVID, and we're doubt if we'll ever be over it, but we're all getting safer. We're learning how to do it. Uh, I remember when people griped about a turn signal. Oh, how am I going to ever remember that? 
I remember you had to use your hand signals, but I got a driver's license, you know? <laughs> so really, so I think we've evolved now to the, the click. You just look now and it turns left. So I think that it's one-on-one and getting out there, maybe not one-on-one, but one with the crowd. So we're going to, right now we're planning, we're setting up to travel across American cities and states and do question and answer and, you know, do things like that and just, you know, help our brothers. I always get, no matter who I talk to, you, I've learned something today. I always learn something or feel better about myself when I talk to other people. So I think that's what we're going to do for a bit. But I'm still chasing bad guys. Oh, we're still going after the worst of the worst. But I don't think it's going to be so full time like that, you know, like it used to be. Times are changing. Yeah, very well said. I look forward to seeing what you come up with in the future here. It's been amazing what you've done to help keep so many people safe and get so many bad people, evil people off the streets and away from our family. So, uh, and thank you for what you've done. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, dog, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Well, for the about to be and the brand new, remember the baby's half of you. And whatever you like or whatever you love, do that to that baby. Whatever you really cherish and whatever you love and whatever dream you have about being good, be that to the baby. And you will not believe how much they love you. I remember this, okay? And this is how we'll close. I remember the first baby that I walked in on and and the doctor goes, here's your son again named Dwayne Lee Chapman the second and I went oh wow big deal right I was like well I didn't didn't hit me ah I'm a dad right so the mom though because she carried that baby inside of her for so long had a connection more than I did right oh the baby that kiss oh my baby baby and I'm like wow okay I can't wait till he's 15. You know, I bought my baby the first time a little tiny football. And my former mother-in-law said, he can't use that till he's older. I didn't know. Now, one day, Dwayne Lee was months old, and I left him somewhere for babysit. We went to, like, the drive-in, right? I came back, and when I walked through that door, the first one he said was Dada, the first one he saw. And he raised his hands up to me like that, and he didn't even couldn't even say Dada. He didn't do nothing. He just started wailing. Oh, my daddy. Boom. I just, it hit me so hard. I was like, oh, my God, that's my baby. So don't think right away when you have a baby that you're going to go in there like rent, tent, tent. Wait soon. It's going to hit you. And you then you'll be able to say, yeah, I'm a dad. Yeah, very well said, dog. I love the message. This has, been, this has been an honor for me. I got to say you're a first-class father all the way. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time Thank here you. on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Love you, brother. We're, we're in your city. I would like to come see you.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dog the Bounty Hunter for giving me a few minutes of his time here. How cool was that? Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And let me know what you think about Dog's new initiative here, Get the Let Out. Go back and listen to my interview with Henzo Gracie. Let me know what you think about his initiative. He's trying to bring Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a mandatory skill set for law enforcement officers. Um, I I am a big supporter of the police, and I am so grateful to see guys like this trying to bring solutions to this ongoing problem in our country here. Uh, It's much better than people out there on social media just pointing those digital fingers at everybody else and not really doing anything about it. So I applaud these guys for their efforts. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, Hit me up with a DM on Instagram. Also, don't miss out on Wednesday's episode. There was a lot of controversy uh, late last year as Amy Coney Barrett became a Supreme Court justice. I'm going to have her husband, Jesse Barrett, here on the podcast. He is a father of seven, two adopted kids, one with Down syndrome. He's got the Fatherhood Olympics going on at his house, so don't miss out on that episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.